It's time for Sex with Sue and Adam. Hey, everybody. It's Sex with Sue and Adam. How hey. are you? Yeah. We were talking about, you know, being a sex therapist. I ended the last episode saying that I'm in the needs business. You yes. know, that I'm, that I would say to people, you can, you can hold your breath for a while, but you always come up sputtering. It's like dieting. You always binge on chocolate cake. But the idea is in, as a therapist, and, and somebody asked me, you know, what do I do as a therapist? Do I give hand jobs? I cracked me up. I thought that was hilarious. But no, I don't. That's, a, that's the short answer. Um, you know, there are, there's a difference between sex therapy, sex coaching, and sex surrogacy, right? I'm a sex therapist, meaning I have eight years of university, I have a graduate degree, I've worked in a clinical office, I'm mostly covered under benefits plans, you sit in one chair, I sit in another, I'm a shrink. Yeah. I am a shrink. So, it is, there is no laying on of hands, um... You know, I, I have, there have been a few times where I have seen somebody's genitals because they thought they were deformed and it's, it's always been another woman and always been with really clear written consent that they wanted to show me because they were, I had women who've, who've never been naked in front of somebody else or didn't want to go see a doctor or... Because of that self-consciousness? They, I had somebody who I showed me and I'm like, holy Batman, we need to get you to a, a doctor right now kind of stuff. You know, yeah. like I had my suspicions during the conversation and I'm like, look, I can send you to a doctor and you, but it's going to be weeks. Do you want to flash me? And I can see. And it was like instantly could do that. Um, yeah. As long as it's, it's do no harm. I'm in a safe place. They're safe. I'm safe. And it's, it's absolutely clear. But 99.9% of what I do is talking to people about their sex lives. Sure. Just like this. Um, I see couples, I see men, I see women, I see transgender, I see gay. Um, I would say that the number one, I would probably, it's probably 50-50 men and women. Mm-hmm. Most common things I see in my office are women who have no sex drive. Sure. Women who are not reaching orgasm. Okay. Um, women who have painful sex or not interested in sex. Which has, which, has a, which has a technical term on your number one. Yeah, just perineum. It's, Thank you. It's, um, and then I have men who have erectile dysfunction. I'll get guys who will call me and leave me a message. Sue, call the Marines. Oh, my God. They're, you know, the little, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Willie's had a problem. Like, fix it immediately. Or they get dragged in kicking and screaming five years after there's a problem by their wife going, enough. Yeah. I get mo. I would say 50% of my referrals come from doctors because you say sex in a doctor's office and they go, oh, I don't want to deal with this. Go see Sue. And they give me their referral pass. Sure. That's what I see. The other thing that comes up with guys is premature ejaculation. Mm-hmm. I have one in four and the struggles with that. That's a three sessions worth of coaching. Yeah. I see a lot of guys for sexual anxiety that they won't date because they're worried they're either going to get off too fast, they're worried about their erections, they're worried about their penis size, they're worried about all of that. Yes. And I spend a lot of time dealing with sexual anxiety as a sort of a topic. Mm-hmm. Then the other pieces I see with couples, I see infidelity, non-monogamy. Like that's the big, Those are the big ones. chunk I see with couples. Yeah. And again, who differing sexual appetites. I had a couple just recently where she wanted sex every day. He would have been happy with once a month. And I, yeah. got, a, I got a big libido problem with him, right? Yeah. 80% of the time I see, it's 80-20, right? 80% of the time I see women who yeah. have low sex drive and 20% of the time I see men, but I see a lot of men. Yeah. So that's my day. Now, sex, that's a difference, right? And, and, and you know, sex therapy, I know you've had sex therapy in the yep. past. And 
you know, just, and I describe it as putting your heads together, solving a problem the same way as if my computer breaks down, I say bad words and then call the nerd guy and comes to fix my and, computer. And we've done sessions both in person and uh, over the phone right. or yeah. online. Zoom. Yeah. Yeah. So th- those are services you offer as well. I yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I also, you know, do blogs and podcasts and yes. run a, run a, you know, and do speaking all over the place and run a date night group. And I started the Ducklings, We Are the Ducklings, because I kept saying there needed to be a group between the Crazy Swingers and your parents' bridge club. I've said that before. Where's the place where you can be sexy? Where's the place where you can go and have fun? Where's the, a safe place where you can go and dip a toe that aren't going to get hit on 17 times as you walk in the door? Right. You don't want to be harassed. And somebody said, Sue, you're the sex therapist. You start it. And I went, shit, I guess I'm going to do this. And that was eight years ago. And the Ducklings are now in two cities and three cities in two countries. But it's, it's, so it's, it's, but it, to me, it was a safe place. I have clients who are ducks and ducks who are clients. And but, I, but you as a sex that. therapist were able to gauge the interest way before. Well, and as I say to people, I'm there. I got your back. Yeah. Right. I also have, you know, I have a lot of guys who are, you know, out there dating and I can sit them down beside the friendly girls. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one guy who said, yeah, I want to, I want to date a whole bunch, Sue. I'm like, okay, yeah. let, me, let me put that for you. So again, it allows me, not everybody has this sort of other outlet. There's lots of clinical therapists who are very clinical. Yeah, I'm, this is the box. This is the box. I, you know, I'm at this stage of my career, far less. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm doing. I, I only work with people I want to. I'm at the point of my career where I'm as busy as I want to be. Yeah. So it's understanding that, you know, that dynamic. Yeah. Um, now a sex surrogate are not legal in Canada. They okay. are people. There's a great movie with uh, Holly Hunter where somebody was disabled and she actually set out the ground rules and had sex with him because he was he was actually in an iron lung and so she actually oh, okay. had a sexual experience with somebody who was disabled and sure. she only was seeing them three times that was her rule around that it was in California where they're legal and it's people helping people who have been traumatized yeah um, through sexual activity and and or don't have any experience or and this is this is far more clinical than for example prostitution oh yeah Oh, yeah. They have very clear rules. Just to to define those separations. They're still not allowed in Canada. Yeah. Right? So if you said, I need somebody to have sex with me, I'd say, okay, I guess I'm referring you to an escort. Yes. So it's, it's, there, there really aren't, um, you know, there are some people that, you know, that call themselves surrogates in Canada. It's a very dicey term because again, it's about, they're trying to say that we are doing therapy, but there's no training for sex surrogates. Sure. It's and again, if you've got somebody's, you need to be very gentle. Yeah. And there's lots of what's called transference, which is when somebody falls in love with their therapist, and mm-hmm. you have to be able to manage that, and that yeah. takes a certain level of experience and training. and And it's not that I'm putting down sex surrogacy. I think there's lots of great sex workers. I'm just saying that be really clear about what you need. Yes. Yeah. Oftentimes, people have no idea. And what they want is a gentle escort. I'm saying, is there an emotional aspect? Because I, I, I almost, I don't mean to be disparaging towards the sex workers, but I almost picture prostitution as mostly physical. Now there are people who have the girlfriend experience and so on right. and so forth. I, I, I know a lovely young lady who who provides that service, mm-hmm. right? I, I believe she goes to Montreal, and I don't think there's anything even sexual. I think she just kind of goes on dates and gives massages and so on and so forth. But sex surrogacy is is a little bit more than yeah it's it's seeing what that person needs mm-hmm. whether it's an emotional whether they just need to be held whether they need 
to just see a, a female body. They just need to say, here's here's my clitoris, here's my vulva, here's, here's what my vagina looks like. Here, you can put a finger in and here's what it feels like because they're so concerned about that. Right. Um, I have people who are so worried they're gonna their penis size is off that they want to be they want to be normalized, and they don't they don't trust a sex worker or prostitute hooker whatever you want to call them to to be honest with them about of course because you're paying them because you're paying them the same reason I, the same reason I can't enjoy a lap dance when I go to the the strip club is because oh, yeah. I, I know I'm paying you to do this and if, oh. if there was no money involved you would not be doing it well that and I I, I know I've had a lot of strippers who have been clients of mine yeah. And they see themselves as being in sales. Yeah. They treat men as wallets. I don't. I don't think. I, it's not that I don't think highly of strippers. I think it's a very poor place for men to get their needs met. Yeah. And, and again, inherently expensive for for minimal return. I would say, mind you, if you're going out with a group of friends, then it's a whole other well, thing. Well, it's if it's a fun experience, great. As long as you know that you're going into it. Yeah. And their job is to sell you. Yes. And it's to and and you would be far better to go and get an escort. And pay your $200 and know what you're getting out of it. Mm -hmm. And they can be very kind. You can spend the first half of that session talking to them about what you need. Mm -hmm. you know, but sexual surrogacy is a little bit different. Sexual surrogacy is different. It's, it's Again, it's it's a therapist who are having sex with their clients. And yeah. again, it's not legal in Canada. So you have to go to New York State or go across the border to get a full-on sex surrogate. Is it, is it legal in the States or is yes, it only legal, legal in select states? It's only legal in select states. Okay. Now, a sex coach, some of them do more services than others. I know one who uses Weber gloves and will give hand jobs, mm. but, and again, not covered by any insurance. Yeah. You know, there's there's kind of a, a, a yardstick there. Um, you know, not able to, you know, doesn't have the education. There's, there's called, there's sometimes called a somatic sex worker. Yeah. And they're, they've got some, some decent training, mm. but, and they're about kindness and grace and trying to help people sure. come to terms with their sexuality um, again they're somewhere between a sex therapist on one end and a sex surrogate on the other or an escort further down the yeah. spectrum so we're, we're picturing spectrum. like a binary line there we're picturing somewhere. a binary line they're somewhere in there and and again they can help they can also help couples who are I had a couple who couldn't put part A into slot B. They were both virgins no. when they got married. Yeah. They could not figure it out. Yeah. Um, they wanted me to watch them have sex. I said, I'm not the person. That's That goes against my conditions of yeah. license and whatever. So I sent them to a sex coach, and she was able to watch them have sex and realize that her hymen wasn't, you know, and then she sent them back to me, and I'm like, okay, here's what's going on according to the, that you can't, like she was having pain, and in, in one in ten women... Their hymen, when they're a virgin, which is a, a tissue over the the opening of the vagina, okay. doesn't when they lose their virginity doesn't move. It's like taking the webbing between your thumb and your forefingers and pushing, and it's like ow, it doesn't break. Yeah, because typically, I mean, I'm not sure. You either stretch it through when you're a little kid or when you first. I remember the first time I had sex, it was like ow, 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 ow and I remember feeling, and then afterwards, it felt it felt open, like you could touch it. There wasn't a sort of a webbing at the. Open oh, I see. Skin at the opening okay. of the vagina. It was when you lose your virginity. Yeah. You press through that, and it's open afterwards. So it's usually a small piece of flesh that is the first time you have sex, right? That's what's supposed to bleed when you're on your wedding night. There was certainly a little bit of blood for me. Yeah. Felt like getting my ears pierced. Okay. But you know that's what happened. But there are some women for whom it's so tough. Yeah. 
that the penis can't penetrate it. And it's honestly like one in ten. Now, is this a case of just a circumstance where the hymen was still intact? Or is it a case of like this hymen is... This is super hymen. Super hymen, Uh, okay. Super hymen just will not break. Okay. And so, you know, just like two seconds in a doctor's office, they can give it a little bit of local anesthetic and literally take a scalpel, go snip, snip, and then empty and you're open. And that, that can happen. I've seen, you know, so this is what was going on with this particular couple. Yeah. He couldn't get in. And yeah. there were some reasons why he couldn't get in. Sometimes you have what's called vaginismus, which is a spasm of the vaginal muscle. Mm-hmm. And you can't push. You mm-hmm. can't penetrate that in. Yes. Um, but in this case, that wasn't. And so I needed more information. Um, she, If she'd gone to, she'd gone to a doctor, but you know, really wasn't comfortable with being in the stirrups and having the, and the doctor probably if they had really spent a lot of time could have seen that our hymen wasn't moving, but it really helped this information. And then I was able to, did you refer to her to a gynecologist? I to a specialist in that area. Yes. Okay. And then I had another woman who similar thing. She was, um, she was a new Canadian Muslim. Okay. So would never have gone to a sex therapist in any other, but she couldn't successfully have sex with her husband. Her parents are like, we've been married for two years. They're bugging us for a baby. Turns out she had a septum, which is um, basically think of it as a horizontal line halfway up her vagina. So you put her fingers in, and then all of a sudden you hit a wall. She okay. had a hole in the wall enough that her menstrual flow would come down. But again, it's like a super hymen, only it's halfway up. She had to have you know under local, under general anesthetic and go in and snip it out, oh. take this wall out, and then she had a baby and everything was great. So again, it different things happen. You know, I could spend a lot of time talking about how I treat. You know, premature ejaculation is an example. It's so common for guys. And, you know, one in four, mm-hmm. it's on the DNA marker. So yeah. one in four guys, you know, their fathers are were fast. Their grandfathers are fast. They're, they're going to be quick. And yeah. their set point is really fast. Yeah. So you got to teach them the same way you teach little boys to pee in a toilet. You got to teach them to breathe. You got to teach them to edge. You got to teach them to understand that process. You got to get them working on their Kegel exercises. All of that stuff happens and it's not over one session it's not over one session but i'll often work with couples and say okay you're watching the hockey game i want you to stroke him yeah um until he's gritting his teeth and he can hear you know get closer to the edge so he knows where that point of no return is and then i want you to stop and let him breathe you ain't gonna think she's evil like yeah you know your partner's evil to do this but it's it's almost a, med- a medical situation. It's completely a medical thing. You're training a couple yeah and and if he was going to do it on his own he'd go screw it i'm just gonna come yeah um, no, of course. But, yeah, of course. Because yeah. it's that lack of restraint, right? Yeah, like, the, well, you and, begin and, masturbation with a goal in, in, right. in mind. And, you know, so the, you know, so young guys learn to come in their parent, you know, in their bathroom so their mother doesn't walk in on them to come as quickly as possible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, three days later, they're with a partner. They got to last as long as possible. It doesn't work. Yeah. So you have to have an understanding of what that looks like. And some guys work, you know, the desensitizing cream works and some guys it just works. So, yeah, there's lots of different things that happen. And, and you know, I, I said at this point, again, it's, it's, it's real. I see people who've been sexually abused. I've seen people who've been ritually abused, which is cults. I've seen mm-hmm. people who are, you know, who are, who are hurt. You know, the one thing about sex is it's close to the bone and it's where you're most vulnerable. So, yeah. you know, being a therapist, you know, I find that at this stage of my life, I could do more when I was younger. I had better stamina. But by after four clients in a day, I'm yeah. having a hard time finishing sentences. Sure. And I've taken that emotional energy. Like, I've, I've carried that. Yeah. Right? It's my job to carry it. My job to generate options. And to me, good therapy means 
I'm finding solutions. Yes. So I have never been the lie on the couch, talk about your mother kind of therapist. I've never have. I've always been, how do we fix this? Let's get this done. Let's right. throw some mud, see what happens. Mm-hmm. So. So then, okay. So I would like to refer to this, that the fact that like we have opened up the podcast, we've, we've done multiple things, but we've also got it for like, questions. Yes. We, 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 I believe it's at the end of the episode, every episode we have a little, a little stinger, but what, at what point would you, as a sex therapist, draw a line between a, a general question and like a quick answer versus you should really go see a, th- a sex therapist? Okay, so if you've been, it's it's like it's like being in therapy. If you've been unhappy for longer than six months, yeah, you really need to look at your situation. If you've been unhappy for longer than a year, mm. it's not magically going to get better. Do something about it. Mm-hmm. All the good therapy does, and they're on. In fairness, they're a therapist I wouldn't trust with my dog. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at a stage where I'm less concerned. Like I, there's lots of great psychologists. I have not gone down that road. I am in a, in a place where I, I can see the people I want to see. And Mm -hmm. I do more, um, you know, a lot of sex information. Like I do a lot of information. I I help people give them options. As I say to people, my job is to give you options, your job and generate different ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, if you throw enough mud, some of it sticks, your job is to implement them. So if you need more serious, if your mother dropped you on your head as a kid, you're depressed, you hate your boss, you have family of origin or attachment issues, I'm not the therapist for you. Yeah. I'm about how do I fix a specific problem quickly. Sure. That's the kind of therapy I do. Right. Um, other therapists do, you know, who are really great. There's an expression in therapy. If you haven't walked it, don't do it. Yeah. Meaning I haven't been sexually abused. Sure. Um, I think all women have had some kind of benign or less than benign you know assault because we've all been catcalled or yeah. you know we've all had me too moments myself included but i have not had the kind of sexual abuse i've seen as a therapist but i have some great colleagues who have and they've done so much work on themselves that they are fantastic with people who have been because they've walked that they've mile. walked if you've had childhood sexual abuse then i strongly recommend you get somebody who's done it and walked it so here's a question then first for for viewers on their behalf uh, listeners, whatever. Um, at what point? So, in the process of thinking, say you identified an issue, right? Say your husband, have you had you and haven't you and your husband haven't been intimate in X amount of time or something? Mm-hmm. Something's bothering you. Would you suggest contacting yourself or a therapist before talking to your partner, or do you feel like talking to your partner first? Oh no, you you should have been talking to your partner and saying we're not getting anywhere. We need something. If we're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So if it hasn't been working, we need to do something about it. Often, as I said, a lot of my referrals come from doctors. So you say, say, you're saying, eh, something's we're not having sex. Mm. The doctor's like, huh, you know, it's not a physical problem. You don't, you don't need Viagra. We don't know what else to do. If you don't need Viagra or estrogen or some kind of special lube, mm. why don't you go talk to Sue or some other therapist in town to okay. see if there's a, a way. And, and my job is to figure out which of the three buckets, right? Any sexual problem is physical, it's emotional, psychological, it's a relationship issue, or it's what I call the habit of sex, right? You've had kids sleeping in bed with you for the last two years, and there's it's mm. like sex becomes an elephant in the room. So my job is to figure out which of those three buckets, four buckets, or variations thereof, and, and come up with a solution. Yeah. That's, to me, solution-based therapy, which is the way I practice. So can you suggest then, like, I, I imagine a lot of people are very nervous about engaging their partner, about uh, their, how do I say their unhappiness with a certain situation 
and fear of hurting their pride or so on and so because God knows the male ego is as fragile as a balloon. So then how like how do you, so that's the first so step usually, the first step is usually it happens when I'm saying have you been fighting about this and they're like yep okay I'm like, so very clearly both parties are very aware that there is an issue often when by the time they come to see me yep yeah um, what will also happen is you know somebody may have made an appointment and saying I'm not happy I have been telling you I'm not happy here's what I'm doing about it mm-hmm. um, or they will you know there's a lot of people that have said you know, that, that there are things you can do on your own in a relationship uh, with therapy and saying, this is what I'm going to hang on to myself. I'm going to let everything else quiets down. And I'm going to hit the goal of, of for me and you can either come along or not come along, but I am tired of being stuck because not all sexual therapy is couples. No, I have a lot of people. I look, I'm, I'm paid by the hour. So if somebody wants to come in, I don't care if you're three, I've had lots of sessions where I was the only therapist. I, I, I belonged to a big office for a while and I was the only therapist that needed four or five extra chairs in my office at times mm-hmm. because I would have a thruple or I would have a quad yeah. or I would have a polycule with more than a number of people. And, sure. they, and I, I remember sitting, you know, lots of times where I'd have three on the couch and they'd all be holding hands mm. and I needed extra chairs in my office because yeah. I was the only one that did that. So it's it's saying that you can come however you come i don't care you can come you can come dressed in any kind of outfit that you want um you know i, I actually you know I, I i draw the line at naked because it's not very it's it's again it's you start to get into it, it, it's not about your it's about your sexuality but it's not about my sexuality mm-hmm. So it starts to get, that starts to get a blur area. But otherwise, I have actually done sex therapy because I'm a naturist and I'm a nudist and I've been at, so I've actually done it, but in an open gazebo where there's people like around, yeah. they just knew we were talking. They no just no one's going to the was. 12th floor in the buff. Yeah. Nobody's going to the 12th floor in the buff. So yeah, that's kind of how it is. So it's, it's, I'm saying if you've been unhappy for a while and something's struggling with you, it's, it can be expensive, you know, by the time you add HST and I'm way cheaper than a lot of therapists my yeah. rate's still 100 almost 150 dollars an hour yeah so but there's i know i have colleagues that are 300 mm-hmm. and and government of canada you have two thousand dollars a year in counseling services that doesn't go very long no you know i have a duckling rate i only charge ducklings a hundred dollars so there you go that pays for your membership in the first session um yeah yeah so because i i want ducks to you know i want us to be the best you know, well, yeah, you, the sexiest, the happiest, the best connection. You can't have, you can't, you can't create a safe, safe environment when half of us are, are ready to explode. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's, it's offering that. So again, it's, it's, it can be expensive, but it's, if you're stuck, I would be like, what's my solution? What's the plan? Cause I will have a plan at the end of a first session and it may only be three visits. But so, well, if you told someone like we found your issue would you like to pay 150 bucks to start fixing it? I think most people would say yes. Yeah, but I like my attitude is if I haven't got a really good plan to solving this and and be you know either solved or well in its way to in six visits, I'm not doing my job. Yeah. So this is not a long psychotherapy where you know I don't consider myself a you know in terms of that kind of psychotherapy where you're talking about and just taking lots of time and mm. exploring that. And lots of that goes years. I'm not that kind of therapist. Right. So everybody said everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully that answers the question. Again, thanks, Ara, and I appreciate your time on that. And we will, uh, we're, um, yeah, we're over. So we're, uh, we're Sex with Sue and Adam. And by all means, if you have a question, 
please send it to me because we've got we've always got more haven't we thank you all thank you for listening remember to send your questions to sue at sexwithsue.com and we'll see you on the next show